on this week's Dad's on Film. We're in the middle of a drought and you've pissed in precious water. My mind goes nuts, so I can wake in the middle of that and I'll convince myself I'm dying. Starring uh, Diego Trujillo as Walter Blanco. Yeah? Good? <laughs> no? <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Oh, we're recording. I didn't even realise. <clears throat> Let's turn it on. <laughs> Hi, how are you? Hey, I'm great, hey, thanks, Dave. How are you? Hey, Greg, it's great to see you again. Oh, my hip clicks. Oh, you're so screwed up faster the ride. Shabba. So I literally just like turned ever so slightly in my chair and my hip just full on clicked. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm so f***ing old now. It's ridiculous. This is 33. Uh, this is 33. Mm. How's your week been? Oh, well. What have you been up to? Um, yeah, great week. Uh, I'm trying to think what I have done. Uh, we saw Ali and Rich, good friends, uh, on uh, on on Saturday. Max and Ali went and did some wedding dress uh, shopping. I think Ali bought a wedding dress. They get married next summer. Um, so me and Rich just sort of chilled, had a few beers, you know, that sort of stuff. That was nice. And then on Sunday, myself, my lovely wife, Two boys went to Chester Zoo with uh, Stu and Katie and Mark, Holly and Rosie. And it was bloody oh, brilliant. It was great. Fantastic. Who was yeah, your favourite animal? You know what? I really enjoyed it in the bat cave. Um, oh, yeah. Because it was quite Figures. scary. Yeah, it does figure. But uh, Ben loved it in there. I mean, like, the, the boys loved, like, l- looking at the animals, loads of the animals. Ben loves the uh, penguins because you've you been to Chester Zoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like the penguin tanks, like raised, isn't it? So you can see them like underwater. So he yeah. probably loves that. But he really liked it in the back in the back cave as well because it was like it's very sensory, isn't it? But I kept uh, I sp- putting my I kept putting my arm behind Stu and just like tickling yeah. his ear, and he kept going, "Fucking hell!" Classic. I suppose. Guy. I suppose for for Ben, Chester Zoo is like a perfect place because because he's nonverbal. But it's so visual mm. and so sensory. Oh yeah, like, and like, yeah. and he's got a lot of reference points to animals, hasn't he? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he knows. He'll he'll know what he'll recognize a penguin and be like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, like, you know, he's not bothered about everything. Like you'll, you know, like we could see the lions. He's like, Ben, there's the lions, and he'd be like, he'd look, and then won't be, you know, he just wouldn't yeah, really take yeah. it on. But he's probably things thinking, like holy, that, f- it's a lion. My parents thought we'd see a lion. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like the yeah, like those more like sensory experience ones he really likes. He likes it in the aquarium and like like watching the fish and then the um That's cool. the, Have you uh, got on the boat the around the island. No, we didn't we didn't bother because, you know why? It was absolutely baking. We got there on a Sunday and it was really cold and we'd put the boys in like shorts and t shirts and we were like, shit, Ben doesn't have a hoodie, like we're gonna it's gonna be really cold here. So Max was like, Well we're just gonna have to buy one, aren't we? And I was like, Are you f- kidding me from Chester Zoo I'm not buying a f***ing hoodie from Chester Zoo 25 pound later this tiny yeah. like crappy garish hoodie and then within 10 minutes it was cracking the flags and I just looked at Max and I was like thanks for that <laughs> thanks a lot for that <laughs> so funny you say that I've got a similar story so um, when I spoke to you last it was last Tuesday night wasn't it when we did it, recorded yeah. a bit for last week's episode mm. and I'd said to you, I was like, I wasn't well, and I was waiting yeah, yeah, to. Yeah. I think went to the doctors. After oh, that. Yeah. Basically, I had a bladder infection. Yeah, really nice. I'd been I'd been swimming in the lake two nights before, and decided to do it, have a wee in the lake. And I think <laughs> I think that was probably a bad idea with hindsight. 
because uh, I think that's what's caused me to have an infection. Anyway. We're in the middle of a drought and you've pissed in precious water. You selfish <laughs> bastard. It was a nice swim, though. Uh, I, I, but a very regrettable swim. I mean, I was in agony last week. I thought, genuinely, I'd convinced myself several times, do you do this? Like, if I get ill and I get, my mind goes nuts. Like, I wake in the middle of that and I'll convince myself I'm dying. Oh, I, wow. I, was, I was so convinced. Anyway, been on antibiotics. But the day after I spoke to you, I wasn't so I wasn't well out, but I got my antibiotics started on that Tuesday mm. after I spoke to you. I went to Alton Towers the next day mm. and uh, I'd completely misjudged the forecast. And also to say I was ill, I was in a shorts and like just a long sleeve t shirt. Yeah. Um, and I'd looked because I'd looked at the forecast and you know it was like 16 degrees. I was like, yeah, shorts and t shirt weather, that's fine. Yeah. But, but it was very breezy, very overcast. Mm not warm in the slightest, and I was ill. So I was like, I was going to, James kept going to me, how are you feeling? How are you feeling? I was like, yeah, not great, not great. She goes, I said, I'm really cold. She goes, do you want to buy yourself a hoodie? Like, <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> so I went to the Alton Towers shop, took myself off, um, walk it, walking like John Wayne because of my bladder and I'm in agony at the same time. Right. And Wanted to empty it every five minutes because like any, anything in there was causing pressure. Oh. <laughs> wasn't good. Wasn't good. Uh, went to the, but I went to the big Alton Tower shop. I was like, right, I need to try and find the least uncool Alton Towers hoodie <laughs> I can find. So I need to. I should, I should have. I need to find your picture. So I went for one that I avoided the Wicker Man. It looks a bit gothy. Um, <laughs> the Nemesis in Oblivion looks just a bit too sort of like obviously Alton Towers. Mm. So I went for a smiler one that's like all black with yellow tassels and then like a built-in yellow smiler buff that can come up over my face. (laughs) Well Uh... warm though, really, really warm. But yeah, uh, 32 quid cost me. Um, But it sucked me out. Needed it. And now now I've got a smiler hoodie. Great. I, I bet you weren't feeling up to many rides. How many did you go on? One, a two, a one, two, three, four. I'm Dave. And I'm Greg. And we love watching films. Great films. Bad films. Blockbusters. Classics. Indie films. Cheesy films. Superhero films. But as dads, we especially love watching family films with our kids. So we've made a podcast all about it. This is Dads on Film. Actually, uh, I went quite a few. Um, my niece Erin, she's twelve now, um, mm. and she was like, like well up for it, and so went went on Smiler with her. Obviously, in my Smiler hoodie, uh, mm. went on Oblivion, <laughs> on, and then at the end of the day, she wasn't sure about like Nemesis and Galactica. But Ten minutes before Nemesis closed, we got on Nemesis, no queue, went on it. She was like, "Yeah, I want to do that again." So we ran around to Nemesis again, came off Nemesis for the second time. It's two minutes to six. And before she'd been saying, I don't want to go on Galactica, don't want to go on Galactica, which is air. I don't know if you remember all the towers. Yeah, air, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm going, two minutes too. If you want to go on Galactica, you know, we have got time. And she went, oh, okay then. So I took her on that. So like in the last <laughs> I quite like that. Minutes. Great, fantastic. So big news in our go house. On. Zachary. You're pregnant. Eight, 17 months. No, no, no. 17-month-old Zachary is absolutely obsessed with Toy Story. Like, he, co- he wakes up in the morning, he goes, Buddy, Buddy. So that's Buzz Aww. and Woody. 
and yeah. we'll literally just be like kicking off until you put one of the Toy Stories on. So oh. then, you know, we'll whack it on while, like, you know, for like, you know, while you're getting ready and stuff like that. And then we go out and do do the day. And as soon as you get on, buddy, buddy. So we have oh. to put another one on. But what we do as well, the Disney, obviously, as soon as you turn it on, the the, the whole like Disney thing comes on, you know, the big, the, 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 the castle. Um, yeah. And Ben always stops what he's doing and watches that bit because he enjoys that bit. And then it fades out. And then we've got the Pixar lamp, haven't we? You know, mm-hmm. doing the little jump. Um, and every single time it does it, he looks and goes, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. Because of the one time I pretended to be the lamp and just jumped. And now every single time it comes on, it's like, Daddy, Daddy, yeah. you do the lamp. <laughs> you be the lamp now, Daddy. So <laughs> I'm sick of fucking Toy Story. <laughs> yeah, but it's a magical thing to have your kids in. Oh, yeah, it's cool. But like, I mean, he's 17 months old and he's truly obsessed with Toy Story. I'm like, mm. shit, that's. Is yeah. that bad parenting? Oh, well, never mind. Yeah. Oh, yeah, boy. Brilliant. Wicked. Fantastic. Cool. So you went to Alton Towers. You weren't feeling very well. Been up to no, Lakes. I'm Went All back good. to the lakes on Thursday. Been there for a few days. That was really nice. The antibiotics started working. Uh, that was dead good. We were just chilling out, um, going on walks. Got into ge- this geocaching thing. Oh, yeah. You got that. So geo- I mean, I'm, the kids absolutely love it. Have you ever heard of it before? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. There's, there's a few thing. There's a few like bits around near us. Um, yeah. So there's yeah. millions all over the world. Yeah. And it's like an international treasure hunt that anyone can get involved with. There's an app. It's free, um, and so you can get location, go and find it, and you like get clues. And they're like, so the containers that, at the very least, that some quite often they're like thirty-five millimeter film con, um, yeah, containers, yeah. or if you want to keep it extra dry, one inside another. But then with like a scroll in there, so you can sign yeah. it as a log. But then yeah, you log yeah. it on your app as well. Um, oh, it's just dead good, and it's cool. We, we isn't just it? started yeah, yeah. going about with the kids, and they were just so into it. It was dead cool. So we started doing that around the lakes. Uh, came back on Sunday, saw my brother played a gig at Eaton Park Festival, which is mm. in Buxton. So I went to that, stayed around for that for a while. Um, helped with the clear up yesterday morning for that because some guys I know who run the festival. Um, so I just volunteered some help. And then they took me out for a curry and some beers last night, which was dead good. Nice. Uh, went and watched the footy. It was, yeah, dead, dead nice day. So Lovely. Yeah. Good. Fantastic. Nice. Well, let's kick off. Lever has sent us a message, Gregory. He said, okay, I want to play... <laughs> he said, I want to play the bad movie remake. One, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I loved mm-hmm. the, comic, the comics back in the day and was so disappointed with the way the film turned out. It was literally the film that caused Sean Connery to retire. Number two, yes. World War Z. Again, would have preferred it to have been closer to the source material. Maybe would make for a good miniseries. I completely agree. Three, mm. Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow, which I've never seen, actually. Uh, I remember seeing the trailer for this and, it, and uh, before it came out and thinking it looked the coolest retro, most steampunk thing ever. And when I watched it, it was a hot mess. Cool concept, poorly executed. Um, yeah. I agree with all those. I've not seen Sky Captain. But yeah, World War Z is one. Um that's like one you of my the book, favorite books. Yeah, yeah, absolutely love the book. It's so, like, you know, if you get, I think on on the face of it, you think, oh, it's just like a silly sort of zombie book, you know, a zombie story. But it's not. It's really, really smart and really well thought out, and a collection of interviews with people, global figures, and you know, people around the world on their experiences throughout this sort of like zombie. Uh, 
uh, apocalypse essentially so they speak to you know obviously it's all fake but they speak to doctors uh, who were in the first outbreak they speak to military personnel throughout they speak to soldiers who are on like the front line of this huge battle they speak to an astronaut who's like um in stranded in space for the entirety of it etc etc so it's really really smart the film i didn't mind the film but it's not it's not world War Z. it's not the book whatsoever so yeah i think a mini series would be brilliant like a collect each episode would be like a collection of these stories which is i think actually it's kind of similar to the the walking dead's doing something like that now where they're doing these like mini series. They're doing like an it's a series, but each episode is different. And it's called like Tales of the Walking Dead or something. And it's like right, different okay. people from around the world and their kind of um, experiences. So they're basically stealing that, aren't they? Um, go. Got a message off Jack. Um, hmm. Jack says, I watched my first film since June the other day Air Force Jack. One. Oh, what wow. a choice. He says, Harrison Ford is just the best. Only thing that let it down. With the crap special effects, but it is an older film, I guess. Story was also a bit out there, but I didn't mind that. <laughs> Would recommend. Yeah. I I've thoroughly... You've never seen Air Force One? Oh, it's great. It's yeah. basically Die Hard on a plane. You've never seen Point Break. You ain't never seen Point Break. Um, yeah, Die Hard on a plane, but he, it's the president. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. 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 And Gary Good Oldman's the villain. Get off my plane. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Excellent. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, um, we, and watched any other films this week? Yes, I watched a few films. I watched Bullet Train, Greg. Ah, yes. What did you make of that? <laughs> it's a lot of fun, but it's f***ing terrible. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that pretty much I mean, the review I gave the other week? Yeah, probably. You know what? I didn't hate it. I actually thoroughly enjoyed my <laughs> my viewing of it. But all the way through, I was like, wow, this is really bad. <laughs> but yeah. I don't mind it. I, I really hated Aaron Taylor Johnson and um, uh, the other guy. I can't remember his name now. The Tangerine uh, and Lemon. I was just like, oh, my God. Yeah, These Brian Tyree Henry. Yeah, there you go, Brian Terry Henry. These are just unbearable. These accents are absolutely awful. Um, oh, terrible. Yeah. And it was just like. <laughs> it was oh. like the gun. Do lock stock. Yeah. Be lock stock. It's fine. Um, uh, I quite like Joey nice King. I, yeah, she's all right. I keep yeah. hearing more and more about her. Really, um, she's a, she's a good actor. She's in. Um, yeah, where she She's in a lot. She was she was in loads of stuff when she was really young. Um, she was in Oz the Great and Powerful, which is that Dave, uh, James Franco one. She's in. I'm. Oh, she's in uh, Batman. Yeah, she, she plays Dark, young. Dark yeah, she plays young. Uh, Talia in the prison. Yes. Um, uh, but yeah, she's in loads of things. She, I think she's in like uh, this. This it's either a series or like this film that Netflix has they've done a few of. Maybe called like Kissing Booth or something. Maybe. Okay. Right. I think that's what it's cool. called. Um, anyway, there you go. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it's it was nice to see Brad Pitt having a good time. Yeah. So that you know that's always fun, isn't it? And uh, just some yeah. silly cameos. But again, everyone's just having a great time, aren't they? So there you are. Um, so that was good. I enjoyed that film. Um, what else did cool. I watch? I watched uh, a film that I, that was on my um, What's on the Box a couple of weeks ago, uh, Captain Fantastic, uh, which mm-hmm. is this this Oscar-nominated uh, well performance but film with uh, Viggo Mortensen in it. Um, off the back of what did we watch with Viggo the other week? Um, um, oh, 13 Lives, wasn't it? Um, yeah. yeah, so um, basically, it's a re- I, I really enjoyed it actually. So what it is is, um, it's this family. They live in the forests of the south uh, northwest 
uh, in America, up in like Washington. Um, and what they do is it's a father and he's got six kids. The mother's not there, uh, but they live in the woods. They live off the land. Um, the ba- and basically, like he he teaches them, he's training them as he calls it for for life. They know how to sort of set bones. They know how to hunt game. You know, uh, eat wildflowers. You know all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and you find out quite early on that the mother um, has been very ill, so she's not there. She's she's away in a hospital, um, but she dies. So they have to. They, what they do is they get into. They've got this big like bus called Steve. They call they call this school bus Steve, and they drive. It's a bit of a road trip down to New Mexico um, for the mother's funeral. Um, yeah. But it's about kind of it's kind of that that it, it's about kind of how he's raising them and how he believes. Um, you know, uh, how they should live their life. They're very anti-capitalism and, uh, you know, all this sort of stuff. But really, is that the best thing for the children? Um, and it's like the grandparents are sort of fighting for the children, et cetera, et cetera. Um, mm. But it's really good. It's got George McKay in it, or George McKay uh, from 1917. Yeah. Obviously, Vigo. Um, who else is in there? The young kids are absolutely brilliant. Like, they're, they're amazing. You play the kids. Uh, Catherine Hahn's in it, do you know, from... Uh, we know Catherine Hahn from absolutely everything. Um, Step Brothers. Mm. She's in uh, what's it called? One um, Division. She's Agatha yeah. Harkness. Uh, Frank Langell is in there. Anne Dowd is in there. Who you? Who I think was she was amazing, but you loved her in uh, Mass. She was the um, yeah. the other mum in Mass. Uh, yeah, 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 really, really good film. Really enjoyed it. Uh, Vigo was Oscar nominated. Uh, yeah. Good, good stuff. Cool. There you go. I'm trying to think if I watched anything else. Oh yeah, my final film. Sorry, I've watched loads of films this week. Uh, me and Max sat down on Saturday night, and we we're flicking through. We were, we were trying to find the right film to watch on Saturday night, and we just couldn't decide. And it was getting like getting quite late. So Max was like, "Right, just put this on on Netflix." And it was this film, this Bradley Cooper film called Burnt, um, which I'd, I'd seen came out maybe like 2015, and I was like, "It doesn't really interest me at all." But I was like, sod it, just put it on. And basically what it is, 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 is this uh, two-Michelin-star two chef, uh, but he's had, like, loads of troubles, uh, drug problems, you know, all that sort of stuff. So he'd kind of been, like, disowned by the uh, the um, industry, let's put it that way. And what he does, he comes back, he comes to London and, and basically, like, convinces uh, an old friend who's like who owns this restaurant, who runs this hotel and restaurant, to let him sort of take it over because um, he wants to get, it's third Michelin star. Is that Sienna um, Miller? No, so it's um, uh, Daniel Brühl from. Um, did it? He's Nicky Lauder in Rush. Nicky Lauder. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. So, so then basically what he does, he handpicks his 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 sort of kitchen team from other restaurants and places that he's worked in the past and things like that. And it's really cool. He's like walking mm. around London, going to all these like pop up street food places, and like this guy cooks him this absolutely incredible curry. So we like hires him for his restaurant and all that sort of stuff so um but it's really good you know uh, uh bradley doing that thing that bradley can do very well which is this kind of like broken uh, angry person um and everything happens as you would expect it to happen in this film but yeah there's nothing wrong with that and i really really enjoyed it and i was so hungry after it so that led me to think greg what are some of your favorite food films Oh, I like that. Okay. So Chef is obviously up there. Chef is definitely up there. It's yeah. very similar to Chef, this film. Like, I, I get uh, two ends of the spectrum in terms of, like, you know, um, uh, the 
pretentiousness of the food. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a very similar film to to, to Shrek, definitely. Yeah. Um, Boiling Point, obviously. Boiling Point, uh, one of our yeah. favorite films last year. I absolutely love Boiling Point. That's fantastic. Um, the Founder is one you put me on. Yes. Um, Maybe yeah, we saw the uh, same list. The <laughs> McDonald thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, probably. Um, yeah. Uh, what else we got? I don't know. What's some of yours? Well, I, I said all those ones. I thought all those ones for like food. Ratatouille is a bloody great food oh, film. Yeah. And you know what? Actually, um, there's a lot of Ratatouille in, in Burnt. Um, like, I don't know. I, obviously, there's not a rat in his, in his hat, um, you know, directing him. But I don't know. There were certain things that happened in the film. Like, that's very Ratatouille. I quite like that. Um, I like... Uh, you know, they're, they're all sort of films based around kitchens and food and things like that, but there's certain mm. films that jump out to me of particular, like... So we've both got this, that book, haven't we? Um, oh, what's yeah. the book called? I can't remember what it's called. Um, oh, the Binging with Babish book. It's uh, what, Eat What You Watch. Eat, yeah, so it's something like that, isn't it? And it's like all these, you know, these meals that you've seen, in famous meals you've seen in films and the... And the Inglorious uh, Bastards, the in, strudel. Yeah, the strudel and the Inglorious Bastards and things like that. So it got me thinking, like... There's particular scenes in films where they eat something. And you're like, oh my god, that looks amazing. And one that jumped out to me was Hook. Um, do you remember right. the Bangarang scene in Hook, where it's like, oh, you're yeah. doing it, Peter. You're believing, you know, or whatever. You're using your imagination, and they've got this incredible feast. I just remember going, oh man, that's that's yeah. that looks tasty. A lot of food in Harry Potter looks good. Butterbeer, you know, and all that sort yeah. of stuff. Um, Matilda, Matilda, cake. Yeah, I'm not a big chocolate person, but yeah, the uh, Bruce Bog chocolate. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Do you remember Roald Dahl's... Willy Wonka and the Chocolate uh, Factory. What was it called? Roald Dahl's Revolting Recipes with Gary Rhodes on like a Saturday morning on CBBC. And he used to show you how to make... It's a similar thing, but it was out of Roald Dahl things, uh, Roald Dahl books, and it was like these particular recipes from from these books. I remember we made the donuts that... Was it like Boggis Bunsen Bean? eat donuts nice. anyway yeah. there you go and we're getting going off on one anyway let us know cool. what you guys think are some good uh, food films uh, Temple of Doom Monkey Brain Soup um, all that sort of stuff okay Greg I've got a question for you what the hell is coming up on today's 15th episode in season 4 of Dads on Film and there's me thinking that you were going to ask me if I've seen any films this week have you but, seen uh, any films this week Greg <laughs> yeah quite a few no <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, which, yeah. <laughs> Go on. Yeah, thank, thanks for asking. Um, <laughs> do you want to actually know what films I've yeah. seen this week? Yeah. No, good. Um, I've seen quite a bit. Jane really wants to watch Co- uh, Top Gun Maverick, so we watched Top Gun Maverick last week, mm. um, and she thought oh, at the cinema, it. obviously. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I thoroughly enjoyed seeing it for a second time. Uh, I just love, I just love the way that you're so familiar with the mission. And yeah. It's just, it's a heist film. So smart, isn't it? Yeah. So clever. So clever. Uh, really enjoyed that. Did that. And then on Friday night, we watched Trainwreck. So oh, nice. all three parts <laughs> on Netflix, which is the story of Woodstock 99 uh, yeah. and how badly it went. So um, mm. 99, they tr- tried to revive w- w- Woodstock for, um, I want to say, 30th. Uh, yeah, it's 30th anniversary when it was 69 Woodstock. Yeah. Is that the one Woodstock. where like Green Day... Offspring, Limp Biscuit, all those sorts of ones. No, so it was um, so it was like Offspring. Hang on mm. a second, I'm gonna have to look this up now. Um, was there Woodstock. another Woodstock? Like um, yeah, they tried. They did it in like '94, I think. That might um, have been the Green Day year. 
Hang on a second. James yeah. Brown, Bush. Um, yeah, Fatboy Slim, uh, Al Green, Limb Biscuits, Jamiroquai. Uh, but I mean, they focused on uh, Reggie Against Machine, Chili Peppers, Offspring, Rusted Root. But they, fo- they focused a lot on well, they focused a lot on Limb Biscuit because like the they people that are trying to attribute <laughs> Limb Biscuit quite a bit to Fred Durst, like not being too helpful in the situation, shall we say. Uh, <laughs> and um, and then, you know, Chili Pepper's got quite a big focus as well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's fascinating. And all, it's like what it is watching, like watching a train wreck, like a car crash. It's, it, it's mental. It's a bit like, if you like, you like watching Fire Festival. Is it, yeah, is yeah, it yeah. Fire? Yeah, yeah, yeah Fire Festival, Festival yeah. Um, it's a bit like that, but with a sort of different context. And it's exactly how a festival should not be run. Uh, it's pretty, it's pretty shocking, really. But they have like interviews with like the guy who founded Woodstock, who mm. that, and they basically it just got made into like a money making thing, and they gave, they did not care one bit about the people. And like M- the great thing is, MTV were there to cover the whole thing, so the amount of footage that's there, yeah, is unbelievable. it's ridiculous. But some, also, some quite horrific stuff happened along the way. Because right. of like the crap, the mob mentality. There's yeah, yeah, yeah. Nasty pricks there. So, yeah, really interesting watch. I've yeah. seen. I I do remember the. I've seen the performance. Uh, it's Limp Biscuit doing break stuff. Um, right. at, at at Woodstock '99, and it's like I think Fred Durst is essentially like surfing on like a big plank yeah, of big wood plywood, plywood in the middle plywood. of the of the thing, and it just goes crazy. Yeah, um, yeah. it's nice. Um, I also saw. Uh, we watched on Apple TV uh, Look, which is a new sort of animated oh, yeah. film. John Lasseter uh, is involved in that, isn't he? Who's involved in it? John Lasseter. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, God. I think he heads you, up like, DreamWorks Animation you... now or something like that. Or Sun wow. Skydance. Skydance Animation. That could be it. But they had the balls to say at the start from the creative mind that bought you Toy Story. <laughs> Really? The hugger, the hugger who brought you Toy yeah. Story. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, but so yeah, it is a it is a DreamWorks animation, but it's uh, distributed on um, sorry Skydance animation. Yeah, Skydance. That's it. Yeah. Um, but it's distributed on uh, Apple TV Plus. Uh, it's got uh, Eva Novelzada who plays uh, the main character Sam, who's like an eighteen year old orphan, but she sort of who's who's down on luck. Uh, but Simon Pegg plays the Scottish cat Bob, and it's it's a nice idea at the start. If you watch the trailer, yeah. it's fantastic. And if you, if you watch the trailer, it's like, wow, what an amazing idea! This is really really cool. Hmm. But everything in the trailer happens in the first five minutes of the film, and then it's crap yeah. after that. I've heard about this. Um, they go into they go into the land of luck, and it's just like, what yeah. is this all about? Oh, it's it, it, it's it's a real stretch. It's. <laughs> it, it, it's not good. It's not good. And they make it all up as they go along. And the whole concept of it, they keep going, oh, yeah, but um, if you've got a penny, you can also get some luck crystals. And if the luck crystals end up in the bad luck part of the... Anyway, I fell asleep. I watched about an hour, then fell asleep. Kids really enjoyed it. They liked it. Um, but it was essentially crap. And the final thing I watched this week, we were um, trying to fill some time before the boxing started on Saturday night. So oh, yeah. Jane had never seen I Love You, Man. Uh, uh-huh. so I and I bloody love that film. I'd, do you know why I love that film? It does well, a real... It, it was quite um, ahead of its time in many ways because whilst it's just a genuinely really funny film, 
But I like the way it sort of exposes that sort of male masculine vulnerability. Uh, yeah. You know, you know what I mean? And mm. how really both of both characters, um, Jason Siegel and Paul Rudd. I forget his name. How would you forget Paul Rudd's name? Paul Rudd, yeah, sorry. Jason uh, Segel, Paul, Paul Rudd's characters, they're, they're quite unhappy unhappy men mm. who can't communicate what they're missing in their lives. Mm. Um, and But I think the, fil- the film does a really good job of sort of exposing that and shining a light on that issue, which I think can be quite a big issue, can't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, they speak about, you know, there's the thing about male suicides and things like that and how, you know, blokes don't reach out for help very easily and stuff like that and i think this job whilst it's this film whilst it's comedy does a really good job of sort of opening up that conversation really mm. in many ways so um I, I but aside from anything else i just think it's so funny i really really enjoyed it <laughs> not watched it in many years it was really nice to go back to it and jane really enjoyed it too so yeah they're, they're the films i've watched this week david thank you for wow. asking me <laughs> you're very welcome that's half an hour of catch-up Holy hell. Fantastic. So, yes. Greg, what the hell is coming up on today's 15th episode of Season 4 of Dads on Film? Next up, the movie train is pulling into searching for Sugarman Station along the music documentary line. Is Why that not? where we went? Why not? Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. Um, and then we've got this week's news. Quite, I'm just looking at your list. There's quite a lot of news this week. Yes. Uh, have we got a bit of TV chat this week or have we done it? Yes. We TV? Well, this yes. week is TV chat. This week is this solely TV chat. Solely TV chat. We are going to... Um, break all rules break dad on the film yes and we are going to be breaking dad we are talking ah. about the breaking breaking bad universe uh, as it is now sometimes known uh, on the back of Better Call Saul season, season 6 coming to an end last week so we're going to have a big old chat about breaking bad uh, El Camino and Better Call Saul um, because we are big fans of the Breaking Bad universe and Vince Gilligan. Uh, then we'll be um, getting back on that old movie train and speaking about what's on the box this week. Sound Ooh. good? Sounds great. Let's do this. Take a breath. We're diving in. I need a wee. Okay, so last week we are few weeks ago we left the sound it out station taking that music documentary uh, line all the way to 2012 2000 yeah, yeah? oh nice okay yes, uh, searching for sugar man so this is a film i've i'd seen um, a few years ago but you had never seen this film greg um so no, tell us a little about bit it. about searching for sugar man so search for sugar man um uh sort of takes you on a journey through the search for Sugarman. Now, who's Sugarman? Uh, <laughs> it is um, six, uh, what's he called? Sixto, Sixton? Can't remember. Wait, wait a second. What's his name? Sixton, Sixto, Sixto Rodriguez, who was uh, massively famous in South Africa, um, but he didn't know it. So he was a bit of, um, he was a musician back in the 60s and he'd made a couple of records over in America, got signed to a couple of labels, um, but essentially the records were a flop. And for some unbeknown reason, his records somehow made it to South Africa and they took off. They got sort of, so they got bootlegged around, they got shared around. Um, and this guy supposedly in South Africa was bigger than Elvis. So this is the days long, long before the internet. So there was no communication about this that got really back to America at all about that, the fact this was happening. 
and there was a, there were a couple of people who in the late nineties, um, one a music journalist, one a record shop uh, owner, who decided to find out a little bit more about who this Rodriguez fella was, and so using clues from um, the 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 artwork and the covers the cut sleeves of his records prints as well as analyzing um, the lyrics in a lot of his work and then eventually trying to trace where the money was going from the sales of of um, his records they managed to track him down to detroit uh, which mm. is um, the home of a lot of music in america yeah. and um, I, i'll leave it there but what sort of happens yeah. afterwards is quite remarkable now Rodriguez yeah. there's a whole myth there was a whole myth about Rodriguez yeah. <laughs> um there's rumors about the fact that he committed suicide on stage there were various rumors about how he'd done that one that he just got a gun out and shot himself because the crowd weren't um sort of reacting well to his music one that he sort of poured um gasoline all over him and then set a light to himself and killed himself that way um there were stories about him having a drug overdose there's a whole sort of um, mythology to the enigma mm. of Rodriguez um However, I don't think it's a spoiler to say none of that. None of that is true. Inspired to be true, <laughs> yes, because Rodriguez is still very much alive, um, and it's just—it's a beautiful story about a wonderful musician and a very humble man who, you know, had made all this amazing music, wasn't aware of its success on the other side of the world, mm. but then even when he got that exposure to that success. He's just carried, continued to live a very humble existence yeah. in Detroit and sort of given away any of the money that he's made off the back of it. Um, and, you know, just just quite a remarkable. He was working in, so he, on the back of making these records since then, he'd been working in like demolition, was it? Yeah. I think something yeah. like that. Um, I, I just find it amazing uh, the fact that without the fame, without that whole sort of the, the mask of um, fame and fortune, it's it's just stripped back, and the music is allowed to sort of speak for itself. I think, but I th- think from anything as, apart from anything else, I really like the way this film is made. Um, I really like the, the sort of um, the the chronological narrative, but how it keeps jumping from South Africa to America, to sort of yeah. what was going on there and what was going on in South Africa, and then the way the sort of worlds converge. And the family there's, starts there's speaking. There's some nice, and then you hit... some nice, nice use of like animation as well to kind of play out the songs and and you yeah. know the lyrics of the song and how they all work. It's uh, it's really nicely done. I look, I'm not, I don't just love documentaries when the the stories are so wild and so unbelievable, but this one because it, it I think obviously that it does just add to this this story so much. Like it is just a completely unbelievable unbelievable situation scenario and it's done in such a smart um and like meticulous way that it that it really kind of catches you off guard a little bit even Mm, though you see certain things coming the way it does play out eventually is like holy Mm. hell like that really is a pretty fascinating story and I, i love it when when a film does that and kind of catches you off guard when you when you expect it to go a certain way and it doesn't quite go that way um yeah it's a really 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 good documentary thoroughly enjoyed it um okay then gregory would you say that uh searching for sugar man is mission impossible 3 or the adventures of sharp boy and lava girl 3d mission impossible 3 please dave i concur where can we see searching for sugar man searching for sugar man is available to rent from all the usual places fantastic 
this is the news. Okay, a few bits of news. First one, we've got the first trailer for this new Apple film um, uh, called The Greatest Beer Run Ever. It stars Zac Efron and Russell Crowe. And based on a true story, and it's really like hammering home, this is a true story. This actually happened, believe it or not. Mm. And what it is, it's set in Vietnam, in, in, in the Vietnam War. And Zac Efron lives in New York, and all like loads of his friends... Uh, in in his sort of neighborhood, all go to Vietnam, but he doesn't. Um, right. What he decides to do, he's like, you know what I'd really love to do is just go over there and, and give every one of these guys a beer. And somebody goes, well, why don't you do it? And he's drunk and he goes, yeah, all right. And just gets a crate of beer and gets on a plane and cons his way to Vietnam. And then basically starts working out where all of his friends are around Vietnam and finds right. his way there. And when he gets to each one of them, you know, in the war zone, just gives them a beer. He's like, this is for you see you later and then goes and carries on and it apparently it's a true story probably you know exaggerated quite heavily but you know it it looks funny it looks a little bit touching yeah looks good and it comes out a a month or so something like that so yeah i'm gonna speak so speak of apple tv plus right um i was obviously looking at apple tv plus the other day when i was looking at look and i noticed that a search feature on the app i was thinking there's a search feature there's not that much stuff on apple tv you can literally yeah, put yeah. it all on one screen so i went on the search feature and it comes up before you start typing stuff in everything yeah. that's there on apple tv so i counted how many uh, <laughs> titles are on yeah. apple tv plus have a guess 40 yeah uh, double 83 which i still think yeah. is pretty shocking for mm. a streaming platform. To call mm. yourself a streaming platform is like, we've got 83 it's titles. 80 things for you to watch. Wow. Yeah. That's like when Disney Plus yeah. first came on. <laughs> we like watched uh-huh. everything. I was like, oh. And then they bought Star, which was a good move. Yeah. Absolutely. Anyway, okay. cool. I've just next. seen what's next on the news list. And yes. I can't quite believe this. Just announced Good Burger 2 with Keenan and Kel both coming back. <laughs> Who loves orange soda? <laughs> Killers. Anyway, um, is it true? I, I mean, Keenan Keenan Campbell's like um, he's a, he's a big name, you know. He's he's the he's the longest serving cast member of Saturday Night Live. Um, oh he's yeah, been yeah, on yeah. It for like fifteen years or something. So you know, Keenan's in loads of stuff. Kel hasn't done a lot, which nope. I just find he was probably the more. In, uh, well, there you go. So good burger too. Excellent, great. Wow. Um, get this. So we were talking about that Idris Elba. Uh, film Beast is it called? Um, you know the, we're oh, saying yeah. about like the lion. Um, so with like his father, he's got two daughters, and this isn't like big news or anything. But I just thought this was really funny. Idris Elba's real life daughter auditioned for the role of his daughter in the film and didn't get right. it because they didn't have good chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Funny. That's yeah. tough to take. That's mm. wow. Yeah. Okay, off the back of the new Barbie film that's coming out, uh, Ryan Gosling has joined the cast of Margot Robbie's Ocean's Eleven prequel. Well, we've already had an Ocean's Eleven prequel, Ocean's Eight, which was the female-led one. So, who knows? They should do like a 60s one. They should do like, you know, like like back to like the Rat Pack Ocean's Eleven. They should do like that Mm. stuff. That'd be funny. Yeah, Yeah, I think they've got themselves in a knots knots with... um... Naming the first one Ocean's Eleven, having <laughs> eleven people, and yeah. it's like, oh, the sequel's going to be Ocean Twelve. But are the, it, so are the numbers bound to how many people <laughs> are in the heist, or are the, the order of the film? 
Anyway, yeah. Okay. I mean, it, what's what's the what's the popular thing at the minute? It's like mystery, you know, murder mysteries and heists and that sort of stuff. So they're obviously just jumping back onto Ocean's Eleven, aren't they? Um, Sherlock Holmes three is going to start shooting at the end of this year, which I'm quite okay. happy about. Um, I really yep. enjoyed those first two films. I thought the second one was absolutely brilliant. First one was yep. pretty decent, but the second one's even better. And Dexter Fletcher is directing, which is cool. Good stuff. And then finally. Um, and I don't, I don't know how to take this because I'm hearing sort of mixed things, but apparently Cineworld is gone into administration, so they've gone bankrupt, gone for bankruptcy. Mm. Something like three billion pound debt. Um, however, Cineworld tweeted and they were like, "We're still open. We're still, you know, doing yeah, everything." Yeah, yeah. So, and, still but they're in. global. They're the second biggest yeah. global because they own. Chain. Do they own like Regency Cinemas or something like that? Uh, in America, it's which is like house. a big cinema it's thing. Not. Um, yeah, they've got, yeah. got Pitch House as well. Um, I mean, these cinemas have to, they are going to exist. They're, you know, some might close down, but someone's going to come in and buy them, surely. Yeah. You've got all these cinemas on. Like, I just don't think the film industry is going to let it happen. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'd be surprised if something something has happened to, to fix this mess. It's going to right itself. There will be an equilibrium somewhere yes. that sorts all this out. Anyway, sad times. But to be honest, two years ago I thought they were closing for good anyway, and then they opened back up. And yeah, so, exactly. So, yeah. There you go. All right, cool. Cool. That's your news. TV chat jingle goes here. Recorded in front of a live studio audience. TV chat. Right then. So. Um, I mean, a lot of this content is very outdated. However, as we have now reached the end of Better Call Saul last week, we thought, why not do a bit of a of a retrospective on what is often classed as the greatest TV show ever made, or is always up there with the greatest TV shows ever made, Breaking mm-hmm. Bad, its follow-up sequel uh, film, El Camino, and obviously its prequel series, Better Call Saul. Um, yeah. So where where to begin? It's hard to. Well, Two thousand and eight is a good place to begin. <laughs> I would say so. Okay, let me let me let me let me say it with my experience with Breaking Bad. I remember after uni, I was hearing all this stuff about this TV show, Breaking Bad. It's amazing. You should watch it. So me and Mark, we sat down one afternoon in my mum and dad's living room, and I think we borrowed the box set off Lever of the first series, mm. and we watched three or four episodes, and we both looked at each other and was like. I'm not really feeling this. That you know, it's not. It's not really gripping me. So we, I left it there. So that was probably like 2010, 2011, mm. something like that. I was like, nah, leave it. And probably a few years later, maybe like 2012, something like that. It was rap. It was it. It was like ramping up towards the end of Breaking Bad, wasn't it? Because it was it. It's 2013, I think Breaking Bad finished, wasn't it? Um, or 2014 maybe something like that yeah Yeah. Yeah, something like that so hearing more about it and it came onto netflix breaking bad so i was like right i'm gonna do it again and i'm gonna get back i'm gonna try my hardest to get back into it and it Mm. i think it was something like episode four is when it all starts getting really good so if (laughs) i just held on that little bit longer i probably would have enjoyed it a lot more and then was just completely hooked and completely obsessed and i probably hit it at the right time where i didn't have to um, maybe, maybe, maybe I think I, I, I'd watched everything 
Um, and when I, sorry, when I when I joined Breaking Bad properly, it was when mm. they did the break in season five. I think that's what it was, didn't it? It did like half a season five, and then they yeah. were a good maybe year or so, and then they did the second half, which obviously went into the ending, you know, all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I think all I had was that that sort of mid-season break to wait, mm. which is good because I would have hated. To, <laughs> I think I would have hated to actually wait between seasons for Breaking Bad. What What's yeah. your sort of uh, experience with it? Well, I, th- I first remember what we moved into. Um, me and Jane first moved into our first place together, our flat, and that would have been in 2012. And um, yeah, first get you set up, being a mm. grown up, first time being a grown up outside of uni, get your own place. Yeah. And we we bought an Apple TV, you know, one of the actual bo- Apple yeah. TV boxes. We got Netflix set up, and and I did a similar sort of thing in that. We, you know, heard heard quite a bit about Breaking Bad, giving it a bit of a go, but it was my second attempt. A few months later, where I was like, mm. I'm hearing too much good stuff about this. I need to yeah. I need to give it a go, another go. So I think it was late 2012 after Series 4 um, where, I'd, where I'd got into it and then we completely binged it, um, absolutely obsessed with it um, and then waited obviously till 2013 for the two halves of the yeah. final season. Um, so that was the first wait I had really. Um, there's so much beautiful stuff about about this series. Um, apart from the fact that you know it's got the gritty crime drug world sense to it but also... Um, it's got it's got the touchstones of the real world. The very mm. sort of you know humble middle class family. Walter White's chemistry teacher, you know, is, is Flynn um, Skyler is you know the family the family situation there is just very relatable. You know, yeah. they go around to um, Skyler sisters for tea, so they've got the you know the, the sister in law brother in law sort of thing there. Um, it, it's but then it's got this underworld to it, which is like watching the best sort of crime drama, and it's gripping, it's captivating. Um, Albuquerque in New Mexico looks it managed. To, Albuquerque's not a beautiful place, but it manages to look, mm. you know, beautiful. Uh, the desert, um, it's captivating. The way Vince Gilligan ta- takes captures um, the setting is unbelievable. Mm. He's so unique in, as a filmmaker. The quirky angles he gets. Um, just kind of stuff that you you know no other filmmaker thinks to do in any, any other setting, but also Brian Cranston, what an unbelievable actor! I think for, and for me, I only knew him from Malcolm in the Middle at this point. And yeah, I don't know if you, you were the same. But um, I, I think he popped up. He, he popped. He's quite big in Seinfeld. Malcolm in the Middle obviously yeah. is the big one um, as Hal, yeah. and then he pops up in a few things. Like he, I always remember him as in um, uh, Little Miss Sunshine. He's like the yeah. guy who promise he promises the dad that um, you know a book deal. Um, mm. I, I, yeah, that's yeah, just yeah. one random thing that always stuck out to me that he was in. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. <clears throat> I think just all the ingredients together just make it wonderful. And yes, the start of the first season is slow to get going, and you do have to have to break through, break the back of that before you start getting the rewards from it into season two. But in a world of TV, where I think for me, I've been put off big series TV since Lost because yeah, I hated the fact that through six seasons it led you down the garden path and it clearly did not know where it was going and it came to the end it was like well i think i've just wasted six six years of my life watching this crap like they had no vision but the most beautiful thing about breaking bad is it clearly had a vision um you know 
Vince Gilligan from the start knew what it was, had a mm. good idea of where it could go. And that whole five seasons leads a beautiful arc where mm. this character, which is difficult to sympathize with him and, yeah. and the, the person he becomes, but at the same time, you completely understand his motivations and how he's got yeah. into d- deep yeah. and you know where it all stems from. But at the end of the fifth season, I, I just remember thinking, "I'm happy. I'm satisfied. Yeah, that's that's beautiful." Yeah. And it's, it was so finite, and and I I just really appreciated that he'd made these five chapters in this story that yeah. just <clears throat> closed completely and sat and, on their own. And they they might not have known exactly what was going to happen in you know the full ins and outs of everything, but they knew you know. All right. I, I mean, we're in spoilers because people, you know, you've had long enough to watch Breaking Bad, but they knew how, they knew what was going to happen to Walt at the end. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So season five starts, um, and it's done like a bit of a time jump, and it's like Walt's fifty second birthday because he does it in the baking, doesn't he? And then he meets the guy, um, and uh, in the car park, and he's got the big massive like machine gun in the trunk. So they mm. did that, and then they did the big. They had a really long mid-season break, and Vince Gilligan was like, "Right, so I need to figure out now where that gun comes in later on." And you know, like all these other bits, because he's like, "We put them in, but we didn't actually know where it was going. We know how to <laughs> end, but they all need yeah. to be there. So we've got to figure out how that plays into it, which I think is quite funny." Um, yeah. Yeah, it it's amazing. It's amazing. It's a slow burn, as you can imagine. It's done. It doesn't sort of uh, spell everything out for you, uh, which a lot of TV shows do. But I think that's that's the beauty of Breaking Bad. And uh, yeah, as you say, it's um, visually it's pr- it's pretty stunning, and it's a wonderful character study on mm. Walter White, Jesse, but also you know the surrounding characters, Hank, Gus. They're all just really? as interesting as you know it, it could have at any one point it could have stopped left walter's story and taken picked mm. up with one of these other people which is why better call Saul works so well which we'll talk about shortly we actually missed um there's another season in uh in this sort of uh, uh breaking bad verse um metastasis which is the uh, colombian telenova series a spanish language remake of american crime drama breaking bad that transposes the events of the original uh, from the united states to colombia starring uh, diego trujillo as walter blanco yeah Good. <laughs> <No>? <laughs> Wonderful. anyway wow. there you go which lasted um First episode aired 8th of June 2014. Final episode final episode aired 18th of September 2014. <laughs> so it lasted about three months. <laughs> Point for trying. Point for trying. Um, yeah, good yeah, work. Uh, One when, star review. There you go. When I don't know about you, but when they announced Better Call Saul as the spin-off after Breaking Bad, uh, a, a I would have been happy with no spin-offs. Like yeah. I, I was satisfied, you know. <clears throat> but when it came, I don't know about you, but I, I, I don't, I don't think that's the first spin-off I would have thought about. Yeah, from, exactly. From Breaking Bad, um, yeah. whilst Saul was a great character, um, he didn't. I think he didn't seem to have much depth. He seemed like a very mm. shallow character, and yeah. I, I didn't feel like there was much more to know about him. But mm. then that's the point of Saul. Yeah, and I think that's what the wonderful thing they did with Better Call Saul is they kept went well. You know, this is a prequel. He wasn't like that. Yeah, he wasn't. He's that always shallow. he's always been Saul, but he's yeah. He's never. But he hasn't always depth. been better. Call Saul. Do you know what I mean? So and, yeah. and, it, and it takes 
what six is it six or five it's six isn't it six, six seasons, seasons yeah. and they and i'll put it blunt they really take their time um oh, to, God, yeah. to get him there and get him to to be the Saul goodman as as we know and love um and again like similar to breaking bad i think like the first maybe Definitely the first season, I enjoyed it, but I wasn't like wowed by it. It was it was very mm. slow, and I was like, okay, where are we get like what are we doing here? Where where are we trying to get? What are we getting at with this? And then maybe halfway through season two, it, it starts you seeing more more characteristics and more signs. Um, yeah, but it takes all the events in probably the first maybe three seasons of, of a Better Call Saul to really shape Jimmy yeah. into Saul Goodman. All right, so they had Mike in from pretty much the start of Better Call Saul, and he was yeah. the only sort of touchstone from Breaking Bad, other than Saul, yeah. who was the familiar character. And and they didn't their storylines didn't cross over at first; they were, they were kind of like running parallel quite a while. But the interesting thing about it being being a prequel is you're aware of certain things. It, it's a bit mm. a bit like watching any prequel, really. Like you, you know certain you know who's going to be who's going to survive and who's not going to survive because yeah. you know who, who makes it into Breaking Bad. Um, and the big one is Kim mm. Wexler, who is yeah. um, very close to, to Jimmy McGill, as he's known at the start of, mm. of Escort Saul, um, soon becomes his love interest. But the, it's this elephant in the room for most of the series that you're like, well, I know Kim's not in Breaking Bad. And yeah. <laughs> he very much adores Kim. So... What's gone on there? Yeah, um, and so and I, I love. There's so much about what you don't get told. Yeah, that that you're left to think about and left to dwell on. That kind of makes it for me such a good se- season. So it's such a good series. I, it's not. It's it's similar in many ways to Breaking Bad in terms of like the style of the way it's shot and yeah. things like that. But it's very much more a character drama. Yeah, rather than an action. Um, yeah, an action series that, as as opposed to Breaking Bad in many ways, um, and I think it complements Breaking Bad really nicely. But it's it's different enough to justify itself. If you yeah, know definitely. And I think amazing supporting cast um, of like newer characters. So we, we, you know, it's not talk about the, those sort of recurring ones, but obviously uh, Rhea Seahorn is Kim, and she's brilliant. She kind of holds it all together with with Saul. Um, Michael Mando as Nacho, um, he's kind of this like reoccurring um, presence throughout kind of Saul's life, um, yeah. uh, Mike's life, and is 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 a is a tragic character as well. I probably one of the most tragic characters out of them all. Um, Patrick Fabian as Howard Hamlin is just this like you love to hate this slimy bastard throughout the entire thing. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I probably won't say much more about 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 Howard, but he he really is a brilliant character. Yeah, and it's but it's what it does to you as well because yeah. you say you love to hate him in the same way that you know um, Saul and Kim hate him. Yeah, uh, but in that final season, you end up yeah. feeling terrible because you're oh, like, yeah, actually, nothing's ju- nothing's justified. No, in any way, with him. Um, like poor fella, like yeah, he's just no. a bit smarmy. Two, two yeah. more, just just to mention, Michael McKean. Obviously, we 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 know and love yeah. Michael McKean from from loads and loads of things. Obviously, this is Spinal Tap and all, and all those yeah. sorts of films. He's a, a big presence in like The Simpsons, um, 
just loads of it. You, you, everybody knows Michael McKean from things as Buddy plays Chuck McGill in the first three, four, maybe four seasons, and he pops up every now and again uh, as Chuck yeah. McGill, Jimmy's brother. But for me, and this, I think this is a testament to to this actor. He's um, only in it for a season and a half, pretty right. much, maybe a little bit longer. Tony yeah. Dalta as Lalo Salamanca is mm. for me one of the most captivating villains on tv i've ever seen he is phenomenal in this in this in in this tv show we've seen him pop up in um in uh hawkeye which was great and he plays a different totally different character and he's really really brilliant but he Mm. is so good in this it is fantastic and i say to you he's he's a bit pedro pascal for me i think uh he's left a lasting presence on me that uh, i think we're going to see him in a lot of stuff moving forward yeah um, I, there you go. I, I think, um, yeah, I think he's amazing. I think jo- Jonathan Banks is just superb yeah, as well. Um, I think I want him to be my granddad. Uh, I think there's just <laughs> something so cool about him and the way he plays that character. Um, it, it's just unbelievable. But um, yeah, I think he, they pulled it off and it risky, mm. really, because you know it, yeah. it could have, it, it could have not been. It could have tarnished and, the reputation, couldn't it? Yeah, or the legacy, it, the legacy. Let's say. Yeah, and I think it only enhanced the universe. And I, I, I like what they did. Obviously, the fan service stuff, where you know they they pepper it with mm. cameos every now and then or yeah. references. Um, that they could have they could have ruined it by going too far. I yeah. think, particularly in that final season. And I think they just stayed on the right side. Yeah, ju- making those. Major cameos justified. Yeah, really, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Final season. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so, so yeah. El Camino, the epilogue. So, so when was this? This was like twenty nineteen, maybe twenty nineteen. It was released. Twenty nineteen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And to give to give it its full title, movie. El Camino: colon, A Breaking Bad Movie. Hmm. Um, so yeah. So th- this, I mean, it really is the epilogue. It's. Um, hmm. It's the the only thing. Obviously, you've speaking before about it being Breaking Bad being beautifully sort of like self-contained and wrapped off nicely, wrapped up nicely. Um, the only potential loose end um, is Jesse's escape from mm. the sort of the brothers' compound or yeah. whatever they are. Whatever they are. Jack, the, yeah, uh, it's, the, uh, it's the Nazis, isn't it? Jack and yeah. those guys. Yeah. Yeah. So he's um, he's he's in. Todd's El Camino, isn't he? And mm. uh, he's screaming as he's heading down the road and sort of like letting out all the sort of rage from his captivity as he's been shackled, beaten, mm. tortured, uh, tethered, and made to cut crystal meth like some sort of, you know, animal, basically. Yeah. Um, the way he's Definitely. treated um, un- under Jack and the others. Um and under Todd's watch as well, and um, this is, it's a nice two-hour film that wasn't necessarily necessary. <laughs> um, <laughs> however, it 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 did a pretty good job of uh, you know of going back to it, a bit of fan service, mm. um, sort of exploring what happened to Jesse afterwards. Um, where I think a lot of people would have been satisfied, me included, of letting my imagination decide what happened yeah. to Jesse next. Yeah. However, I wasn't complaining about 
getting the treat of being shown it either. Yeah, and 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 I think that's I think that's the main takeaway from it. It's a treat. There's yeah. I don't think it add, like you're saying it doesn't add anything, you know, to the overall sort of st- you know technically it adds something to the story, but overall you know I'm not I'm not more satisfied that I've watched it. It was just a little sprinkle on top. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. That said, it's fine. I don't think it's 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 amazing you know it's not a bad little film or anything like that it just feels like an and that's the thing is it a film it feels just like an extended episode of breaking bad which is which is again fine but i think that was more testament to breaking bad than yeah than a cinematic yeah breaking bad is so cinematic but yeah it is like it is like a double length episode if you think of some of those best episodes of breaking bad that did feel like well like films those sort of train robbery um sort of um yeah escapades if you like yeah yeah right, yeah, yeah. With Bad. but yeah so we so we get back so we get obviously a lot of it focused on todd and todd is a fascinating character in the latter seasons of breaking bad um yeah jesse plemons who we have spoken about um frequently on this podcast mm. i'm thinking about nick things um, <laughs> you've got skinny pete back uh badger's back mm. um who else we got um we we get uh, his name is escaping Mike. me right now. Oh, is is Mike in it? I can't remember now. Yeah, uh, we got Larry Hankin as old Joe, the uh, the guy who runs the scrapyard as well. Yes, um, and we got Robert Forster in his final role. So Robert Forster is obviously the uh, the Hoover the, the or the vacuum salesman. Um, yeah. yeah, the cleaner um, in loads and loads of things. But for me, his most memorable role is Jackie Brown. Um, yes. Yeah. And he's wonderful, Max Cherry and Zachy Brown. Uh, Zachy Brown? Zachy. <laughs> that's that's a Freudian slip, isn't it? Just uh, let me think of something, Brown. actually. Mm. You know Jackie Brown? Yes. Quite. Do you think it quite influenced that episode of Better Call Saul? Like, is it the third to last one? You know, the department store with the like... Yeah, yeah, see, yeah it is very Jackie Brown, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, quite a lot of people's flashbacks. A very unnecessary fan service cameo in this one uh, from uh, Walter White, Grant Cranston. Yeah, uh, quite in a, clearly in a questionable bald cap. Bald cap, yeah, that's what that's it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and Jane pops up there as well. Um, yes. Yeah, it's it, it's it's a complete luxury, but it's it's a nice luxury as well, it, and it could never have done anything other than go straight to streaming services. I think it probably yeah. did have a few cinematic screenings, um, theatrical screenings rather, um, in various places. But primarily it was a mm. Netflix release, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So there we go. Um, mm. The Breaking Bad universe, the dads have broke bad and mm. covered it all. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> let, us know if you let, let, let us know if you've not uh, dipped your toe in the Breaking Bad universe and this has mm. sort of perhaps um, inspired you to do so. Let us know if you, a lot for a lot of people, I know a lot of people who have done Breaking Bad and really enjoyed it, but they've never done any of Better Call Saul and, mm. and not necessarily done El Camino either. So um, if you're one of those people, let us, let us know if you decide to delve into those and what you think of them. 
Um, be yes. inter- really interesting to know what you think. It's, yeah, El Camino makes it not entirely TV chat, doesn't it? Because it's uh, yeah, I suppose so. I suppose so. Where can we see the Breaking Bad universe, Gregory? The entirety of the Breaking Bad universe—that's Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, and El Camino—a Breaking Bad movie—are available on Netflix now. Choo-choo. <laughs> Choo-choo. There we go. We messed this up. So here we are at Searching for Sugarman Station, and we are going to take the um, the theme line yes. of the aging rock star. Okay. Yes. Why not? All the way down to 2018. I think it is. Uh, I spelt star wrong. 18, yeah, uh, all the way down to 2018's Bradley Cooper directed A Star Is Born. Well, we can go to a lot now, of let places. Let me explain. There, we? Well, we could go, yeah, and we can. We can go to a lot of places from there. So let me explain. I thoroughly enjoy this film. I really, really like it. Um, I think a lot of people don't like it because of the song that made the, you know, that was sort of. Uh, uh, a global success and sort of turned people off because they heard this song all the time. But you have never seen A Star Is Born, correct? Uh, that is correct. Yes, I have not seen okay. it. Yeah. And I'm I'm intrigued to see what you think about it because I, I I think it's a very very well made film and uh, some okay. really really great performances and uh, a great way to stay in shape. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Where can we see A Star Is Born, Gregory? A Star Is Born is available to stream. On BBC iPlayer now available for twenty one days, so it must recently have been on on the mm. telly box on telly. That's good. Cool. T- telly box on t- telly, fantastic. Well, I uh, look forward to watching it again. On the box. On the box. Okay then, Greg, what the hell is on the box for you this week? Um, quite a significant uh, introduction onto streaming services, if you've not seen it already. Belfast is coming to Sky Now TV. So if you've not seen it, it's a good opportunity to see it, yeah. A great way to sit down and watch that, a movie with your family. That's actually, uh, that's actually from the 2nd of September, so I'm a bit ahead of myself. So it's not this week. Oh. Should I find something that's God this damn. week? Why don't you why don't you just look forward to watching that this week? And why don't you surprise us with some films you've seen next week? I'll tell you what's on TV this week that I, you know what? I probably am because I've got a bit of time on my hands before I go back to work. Uh, mm. I'm probably going to watch the first House of Dragon just to see what all the fuss is about. Ah, uh, 10 week, so. million people watched it biggest um biggest premiere for a HBO TV show. Wow, well, that's go. saying something. That's cool. Yeah. I might give that a go. Um, I am going to watch the season. What the hell was that? The season finale of Only Murders in the Building, season two finale, nice. which came out today. Uh, I've also been watching Succession, <clears throat> so I'm uh, about six. I've done about six episodes, something like that, of the first season of Succession. So I'm going to nice, continue with that. Uh, yeah, have I'm you really seen the Sad Sack Water Trap? I have seen Sad Sack Water Trap episode. Yes, uh, I think I'm a few ahead of that actually. They've just done. 
they've just done for the vote of no confidence. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, and it didn't. Cool. Yeah, boy. Um, and then I'll probably watch a lot of random films as well because I, I like just, you know, chucking out Excellent. something random. There you go. Let us know what, what you guys are watching box. on the box this week. There we go. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Another episode. Okay. Yep. 105? <laughs> yes, it was. 105 in the Excellent. roster. Yes. Uh, what are you doing this week? Uh, I am... Well, I'm getting, after 3 o'clock, I'm getting picked up by my father-in-law and taken over to Chesterfield to pick my call, which I've not had for the last five weeks. So I'm mm. thoroughly excited about finally <laughs> getting that back. Uh, because I've been a, it's been a little bit difficult only having one car between the two of us, um, especially during the summer holidays. So doing that, um, just mill about with the kids this week, not sure what exactly we'll do. Uh, going mm. to Alton Towers for a change on Sunday. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, that's um, that's about it really. Not, not a great Bank deal. holiday, isn't it? Yeah, it is bank holiday weekend, yeah, of course. Doesn't matter though for teachers, does it, Gregory? Well, when do you start back? Uh, in set next Thursday, 1st of September. And the second, cool, man. Kids come back fifth or something like that. Yeah. Great. What are we doing? I am at my auntie's 60th birthday party on Friday evening. So okay. we are, uh, we've got a babysitter. So we're going to go have a few drinks, get a little bit merry. Uh, it's going to be great. Looking forward to it. It's my nephew's birthday on Saturday. So we're going around to there for a little party. Um, Lovely. And that's it, really. See what happens with, you know, weather and all that jazz. How yes. can people get involved in the podcast, David, and help us Well, out? of course, as people all know, you can buy us a beer at buymeacoffee.com forward slash dads and film pod. You can like the podcast. You can share the podcast. You can send us your questions, your thoughts, your reviews, and we encourage it. Um, follow us on all those platforms at dads and film pod. You can follow Greg and I on Letterboxd. I always put witty little reviews <laughs> of the films I see on Letterboxd. Um, yeah, and I think I've, I'm nearing 100 films so far this year, which I think is a bit crap, but uh, I'm, I'm about three or four films off, something like that. Yeah, boy. Cool. I'm a little Thank bit behind on my Letterboxd login. I need to catch up, so I'll, uh, yes, I'll get that. Yes, you do. And I, I probably could have logged the Toy Story, the four Toy Story films um, about ten times each this week yes. alone. Buddy, buddy. Um, okay, thank you everybody for listening. You stay classy, San Diego. Lovely to see you. Greg. A whale's vagina. <laughs> We've not been doing passwords. We forgot passwords this for a while. Oh. Password is El Camino. El Camino. Adios. Senor. Senor.